Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the lovely Colleen. We're finally finishing up the three-part reunion with the Black Organization arc. This is one of the most dramatic uh, series of episodes, and we're really sinking into it. Last time we did the High Bear episode, which was a lot of setup. And today we get to cover episode 177 and episode 178 of the anime, which is uh, the Conan and Resolution parts. So, Colleen, how excited are you to finally talk about these two episodes? Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, the uh, The first one definitely left us on a bit of a cliffhanger, uh, so it's it'll be good to see how uh, that all gets resolved. So the Conan's hint going into the second part is handkerchief. And Conan says, Danger's approaching. Hi, Barra. Conan. There are tons of characters, too. Okay. <laughs> there are, there are, are there that many characters? characters? Are there? Okay. I guess there are. There's so many, like, in the background that, like, they have their moment in the sun. We did have seven suspects, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So the crowd is shocked to see this chandelier on the ground, and Inspector Megary announces his presence. He explains that they received a tip that a murder was going to occur, and that Mr. Nomagichi was the target. Once the chandelier is raised, Takagi confirms that it's uh, Nomaguchi and that he's dead, and that's about all Takagi will do uh, this entire three-part. And that's all he needs to do. Professor Yoshiharu says he was almost crushed by the chandelier as well, and says it scratched his suit. Actress Chris Vineyard says that she never saw anybody suspicious through a translator, because she's American. Uh, the music producer Naoya says it was simply an accident. Meanwhile, car factory president Matsuyama Kinzu asks more about the sender of the tip, as because he says they could be actually the culprit. Megary says the voice was altered by a machine, so they don't know if it was a man or woman that sent them in the tip. Not, he was lying, right? <laughs> he's just... Because it was Shinichi that called. I assume it was just... Uh, I assume he's just covering for his boy here. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's probably it, though. Like, he wasn't going to say, Oh, the famous high school detective called me. Like, yeah, so I think you're right. He's probably just covering. The announcer, Namichi, says it was likely a prank, as the victim was already weak due to his medical condition. Baseball owner, uh, Mihai Yasuo, agrees and says it was fate that he died, as you can't do bad things. Uh, more fate then occurs as Mihai takes a bite of his food, and then he spits something hard out. And he says, I'm gonna call the chef! And somebody's like, uh, it looks like it was fate to you. <laughs> so he got his... <laughs> just dessert there oh nice pun like a food related joke right there oh yeah oh top tier joke (laughs) Kenner then finds it and it winds up being a piece of the chandelier chain that wound up in his in his uh food there author Nanjumika says that since Nimigichi died from the chandelier somebody set up a trap and lured him underneath it while the lights were off However, she doesn't see such a thing, so murder is impossible, and she wants to be released. While Conan wonders about the case, Hybera takes his hand, and she says it's too dangerous for them to waste time trying to figure it out. Plus, they can't be discovered by Megary, and their only clue is is piece of the chain. Conan says there's actually one other clue, which is the purple handkerchief that fell from the sky. He says he looks at the corner of it, and it says that it's from the party. And he tells her that they were all given out at the front door. And they come in a variety of colors. And it's based upon Sakamaki's most popular book, The Rainbow Handkerchief. What a lovely book title. Would you read that, Colin? Would you read a book? <laughs> I'm just about to ask you that. Uh, I guess I'd have to read like the synopsis. I can't go off of just a title for that one. Ken isn't sure what it was used for, but the handkerchief was likely involved in the crime. As they go to leave the room under the guise of going to the bathroom, a ton of press stand outside and they ask about what happened. The kids slip through, 
and we see a mysterious figure's eyes take notice. We then see somebody search for Sherry on the Black Organization's database, and they view her photo. Conan then asks the receptionist who received purple handkerchiefs. Megary says it looks like an accident, and that they don't want to cause a panic, so they'll have to release everybody. Conan is then shown the seven people that received the purple handkerchiefs, and they're actually just every single person that has received a name. <laughs> like, of course they all have the same <laughs> color handkerchief. Like, how could it be any other group of people? Like, wouldn't that be... <laughs> that would actually be kind of interesting if we now have to learn a whole new set of character names. That'd be more realistic, other than, like, every single person that has spoken to, uh... Yeah, they all got the same <laughs> color handkerchief. Right. <laughs> So everybody gets left out, and Ken tells Highbearer that they're going back to the professor's car for now. However, they get separated, and a mysterious figure picks up Highbearer and knocks her out. So who are you rooting for in this episode, Colleen? Were you rooting for Conan, or were you rooting for Pisco? Oh, I was definitely rooting for Conan. Our boy Conan always has to win. Who are you rooting for? Pisco's trying to kill Highbearer, so I feel like you, you're you conflicted. Oh, I see where you're coming from. Well, see, I don't like Highbearer. I don't like her character, but I don't want her dead. You gotta get over the self-hatred. <laughs> this again? I don't know. I, I There must be something wonderful about Highbearer in future episodes that, you know, you keep telling me that <laughs> she's great or something. Oh yes, because you're you're so great, Colin. That is not even where I was getting at. Oh, it was. I see how it is. I see how it is. <laughs> After a commercial break, we see Hibera wake up during class. Ayumi asks her what's wrong, and Hibera says it must have been a dream, as running into gin and vodka in the middle of the city is next to impossible. However, everybody disappears, and we hear Conan desperately yelling her name. She wakes up in an empty room, and Conan says he's speaking to her through the mic and speaker and her glasses. So we're having a lot of dreams and fake dreams and dreams that are thought to be dreams but aren't dreams. <laughs> this is a strange, <laughs> strange plot devices here. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it's, I guess, like it's pretty obvious when it's a dream. At least the gin stuff was obvious. Because uh, it just felt a bit too violent to be happening just yet. Oh, I, yes. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Far too violent compared to later in the episode where he shoots somebody four times. Oh, wait, that wasn't a dream either? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He asks what happened to her, and she explains that she was drugged. She says that she's in a winery, and it's likely a member of the black organization that grabbed her. She says that they aren't there at the moment, as the room is locked tightly. All she sees is a like transportation box, and then an employee jacket. And High Bear says, after making me sniff the drug, he brought me to the washroom, changed into this jacket that he had prepared, and then stuffed me into this box and brought me here. She believes it was a plan B if the murder attempt failed earlier. So he was going to kill the... Uh, kill the guy the lawyer guy if uh he didn't succeed with the chandelier conan tells her to find a way out but she tells conan to listen to her and this is where we get a bunch of uh like apotoxin lore here calling so listen tightly here listen closely the apotoxin that shrunk our bodies apito is apoptosis meaning <laughs> program cell destruction Cells are capable of killing from the start, and it works by releasing the enzyme that activates that. But this drug doesn't activate apoptosis. It also contains telomerase, and increases the reproductive ability of the cell. So, there you go. It's all been explained. Yep. I'll, I'll buy it. I, I don't know if any of this stuff is real, so <laughs> let's just go with it. Kenan tells her to stop explaining and that he'll listen as much as she wants to say after she's already out of here. She tells him to shut up and listen. Oh my gosh. So he's like, shut up. <laughs> Hibera says, I can't ever exchange words with you again. And, and Colleen's like, finally, she's not going to talk to him. Thank God. 
yeah, there's enough talking happening from Hybera. Let's just let Conan speak now. Hybera says, don't you understand? They held me here despite the fact I was in my shrunken figure. Even if I do escape from here, they'll find me in no longer than two days. She then explains that Agasa would be killed and any others that knew her as well. She then goes to the computer and we get the reappearance of Professor Agasa's game from <laughs> earlier. She says that they probably found her MO disc in her pocket and then sees a cell phone attached to it. She then looks through the computer and finds out that they were analyzing her face. Conan is surprised she isn't tied down and says that the culprit won't be able to return quickly as he called Megari as Shinichi and told him not to let guests with purple handkerchiefs leave. I love how Megari just takes these orders from Shinichi. Like, he hasn't seen the kid in however many months. <laughs> yeah, like, how's Shinichi getting any of this info? <laughs> what a madman he sounds like. Purple handkerchiefs, don't let him leave. Yeah, but Megari just, like, who's the crazier one? Megari for, like, listening to Shinichi? But I, I don't know, because he, what, uh, helped him solve that one case? So he's like, oh, well, Shinichi knows his stuff. He does. So there's a high possibility that Pisco can't communicate to anybody outside. Hybear has already been confined for an hour and nobody has gone to get her. He's certainly among the seven being held, and she's still in the hotel. Kind of says, if I can get the evidence to the murder before he contacts his companions and bring them to the police, then your secret will remain intact. And Colleen's like, no, 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 you don't have to do that, Conan. <laughs> How did you know, Tyler? Conan says they only have about an hour, so he's going to see if there's a wine storage room in the hotel that isn't used frequently. She calls him an idiot and says that she doesn't care about those that will choose to help her. He tells her that he'll figure out who Pisco is and that she should try to find a way to escape. She says there's no escape route, just an old chimney that she can't climb since it's too big for her body. And then he says, huh, do you know about this intense wine from China called Paikaroo? And she's like... <laughs> Uh, I I do, but how's that relevant? And he says, look for it. And then he says, hey, you have a cold, don't you? And she's like, yeah, my fever's gone up. And he's like, Haha, yes, find that wine. And she's like, why are you so happy that I'm sick? You're very <laughs> rude. Why do you sound like Kogro? No, I'm kidding. He didn't. He says, I'm going to put the ultimate spell on you. ho, 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 ho. So. <laughs> yep. so we have a big thank you to send to Haiji because he's the one who kind of started this whole Pikaru thing yeah I know so we're getting the second like small person turning big occurrence of the show and so Hybear drinks all the wine off screen and she's now drunk and she's like Conan how do you spell Hercule Poirot. <laughs> and so he spells it out. Um, she says she's transferring the drug's data to the from the organization to the professor's MO disc, but she got stuck on the password. However, Hercule Poirot doesn't work. She thought it'd be Poirot, as the black organization was calling it the incomplete detective and changing the serial number from 4869 to Sherlock. So she's been guessing the names of famous detectives. And Conan's like, I got this. You need detective geekery? <laughs> I've got this password. Of course, it's like the one thing that Conan's super good at. I don't know if anybody else would be able to come up with this as quickly as him. He says, Shellingford, that's the password. And she's like, wow, it works. What the hell is what the hell's Shellingford? <laughs> And he says it was a temporary name that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle gave to Sherlock Holmes when he was writing the first book. Highbury says she'll drop the info on the M.O. and hide it in the wine room. Gossa then spots Gin, uh, Jen's Porsche ahead of them and we see Jen and Vaca arrive. Conan wonders if there's a locator on the laptop that Highbury is using. Gossa figures it out. And says that they've been calling the cell phone, but they haven't received an answer, so they used the locator. 
Conan tells Hybera to hide in the chimney, but Hybera screams out in pain, and the effects of the wine start to occur. Conan then calls the police at Shinichi and tells them to look out for the men in black clothes coming inside. And the episode dramatically ends with Hybera crying out and clutching her chest. So what do you think about this dramatic end to the episode here? Oh yeah, well the momentum was definitely building. Because uh, a lot of the episode was that conversation and between Hybera and Conan. And I don't know, there wasn't, I guess, as much action going on it was still all intriguing and it kept my interest no problem it just um it definitely kind of they had to you know fill it in with more like information dump kind of stuff than actual action so the uh the way the episode ended definitely like raised the bar once again um it was so satisfying too to have like conan uh you know being a sherlock stan come in handy um so yeah and uh, they're called a Sherlockian. Please, thank you. Sherlockian. It's not Sh- Sherlock Stan. There's a proper name for this, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, and I think there was a reference to the incomplete detective back in part one. I think Jin said it over the phone. And I was like, what is he talking about? So I'm glad that we got an explanation of what that was. So, uh, yeah. And the way that it ended, if I recall correctly, like all the clips were being played really quickly um, in in close sequence to one another. So it, it, again, just built up that suspense and the sound effects were mimicking a heartbeat. So yeah, I think they were like really trying to get you, get the audience like excited for the next part. So yeah, I I thought it was a solid uh, second part. Yeah, this was very much the transition episode. You know, we got a lot of the, like, case backstory in the first part, and then this is just a bunch of conversations, a lore dump about <laughs> the drug, and uh, just Hybera being in this room alone by herself and getting kidnapped. Like, uh, like just, I didn't realize it until, like, like watching it was totally fine, but when you, when you read through everything, uh, you know, after you've seen it, you're like, Oh yeah, not much happened. Everything happens in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it. Is what like watching it, I was, you know, captivated, but like recapping it, it's like they literally had like a 20-minute conversation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's most of it. And the next kind of intent is luminescent substance. He kind of says, "Next episode is a huge outcome." And Highberry says, "When your body is weak, you shouldn't drink too much." <laughs> and uh so excitingly colin we have some new patrons that have joined our patreon very excited to uh yeah we want to welcome you guys welcome (laughs) to albane i apologize if i'm saying your name incorrectly i believe that's how would you say that colin you you have the document here uh yeah albane i'll i don't think it would be albane (laughs) maybe it is albane albane we respect you either way shout out to jerica who also joined and then of course we have our mainstays our great detectives uh our phantom thieves jeffrey ryan self spencer young william lee and big chief mason thank you all for the support means a lot and we'll have our three patreon episodes hitting later this month so we appreciate that thank you everyone but, who keeps listening to us just talk about detective conan well people love conan people love discussing detective conan and people love Hybera. so what's your excuse <laughs> i don't know maybe i'm just watching a different show here because i'm not seeing it mm. So let's move to episode 178, Reunion with the Black Organization, uh, The Resolution. This originally aired January 31st, 2000. And Conan says, A super awesome revelation of the drama. The secrets of the organization are beginning to clear up. Are they? Not even. (laughs) (laughs) I had more questions after this. Me too. So we see Jen and Vaka enter the room. 
they look around. I, I, love, I love how, like, the episode ends with, like, kind of going, don't let the men in black enter the building. And then, like, they just walk into the room immediately. <laughs> like, what did the police They're do? They're that good. <laughs> What's well, because Takagi only had to do one thing last episode, so he couldn't possibly do anything else. He couldn't stop the black organization. It's true. It's true. Uh, so Jin and Vodka look around. They see the wine bottle that has fallen and remark that Pisco isn't around. Vodka says he was supposed to contact us 30 minutes after he finished off the target, but he didn't. Now we come using the tracking device. The laptop is here, but we can't find him anywhere. Where in the world did that rascal disappear to? <laughs> so unprofessional, Pisco. Jin says that this was likely a room that Pisco prepared just in case he failed. Vodka says they shouldn't stick around for long, so they leave the room. Conan asks if they left, and this is the first time we see an adult-sized Tybera, and she confirms it. And then Conan says, what about your clothes? (laughs) Of course, that's the first thing he thinks of. And Hybera says, pervert, I'm wearing it. The overalls that were left in the room. I've got the disc with the drugs data, too. She's shocked that she became bigger and wonders if Pikaru has an enzyme that speeds up cellular metabolism. Of course, of course it does. Come on, we need this bullshit science here. How else could we ever believe that? Seems legit. Yeah. Conan explains that her becoming big is only temporary and tells her to get out from the chimney before she reverts. I love how, so apparently he had just never told told her about how he had gotten big again once. Like, what the hell, Conan? Yeah, I guess not. You'd, you'd think that if you met the creator of this drug, you would want to talk to her about that. Yeah, very odd. I guess he wasn't really, like, trusting her yet, so maybe there's that, but still. I said, it feels like they've gone enough to where he trusts her, and I don't know. It's very weird that that never came up before. Well, we know that Hybera's, like, introduction happened, and then she didn't appear for, like, a good chunk of episodes. Because she didn't really yeah. want to hang out with Conan and the detective boys. Well, who can blame her? They're kind of... Who wants to hang out with Mitsuhiko? <laughs> right. Well, he's always hanging out in the bathroom, so unless you're there, you're never going to see him. Hibera asks who Pisco is, and Conan still isn't sure. Gasa then finds a photo from right before the incident showing Chris Vineyard and Naoya Tarumi hugging each other. Kind of then notices a burn mark on the handkerchief and notices that the chain part that he has glows in the dark. He then figures out the case. Hybera escapes to the rooftop and it's snowing outside. Gossa explains that Conan figured out the identity of Pisco and went into the hotel in a hurry. He tells Hybera that she'll be picked up soon. She stands up and it seems like everything's safe and <laughs> she's relieved. And that's when she gets shot in the shoulder by a bullet. So, you probably enjoyed this, Colleen. No, I'm not. I'm not a sadist. Jen and Vodka that appear, and Jen's holding the gun, and he says, "I've been waiting to see you, Sherry." Every every time he <laughs> says Sherry, it's very intimidating. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just super interested in what this if they even have a backstory, because he just like seems to have this grudge. And I don't know if it's just because, like, she betrayed the black organization and that's it, or if there's something else to it. I'm so I'm so glad that the dub never got to this far, because, like, just thinking about how bad the Jin voice actor was, and thinking about <laughs> him, like, delivering these lines just makes me cringe. No, that's a good point. So Jin laughs, and he says, isn't it beautiful? The white snow that scatters among the darkness and the fiery color of blood that decorates its surface. Those glasses and overalls you're using is a pathetic disguise. They don't suit you. But this is a perfect place for the death of the traitor. Right, Sherry? <laughs> he just ends his sentences like that? He does. Every sentence he has to say her name. Highbear is surprised that Jin guessed that she'd come out of the chimney... And he then shows a string of her hair and says he found it by the chimney. 
I don't know if you were caught by Pisco or if you sneaked into that wine storage room while he wasn't there, but I could hear it from the chimney, your quivering breathing. I could have killed you inside that dirty chimney, but I thought I could at least let your death flower blossom. What a wow. romantic. He is so poetic. <laughs> you're, you, you're, you, you love this guy. Well, he's my top villain in the series so far. Um, so I, I like him to a certain extent, but he's also very scary. Jen cocks his gun and then asks her how she disappeared from the organization's gas room. We then cut to Conan. He asks about the wine closet and is told that it might be the resting place that they were going to reconstruct. Conan then runs off to the room and says Pisco is likely going there too. He then gets a call from Agasa, who tells him Hybera got shot. We then see Hybera get shot several more times. It was like three or four times. And Kenan just screams out her name as she falls to the ground, bleeding. Like, was that necessary? I, I just... Well, they're going to kill her. Yeah. And this is probably toned down. Like, the manga usually is way more uh, violent and gruesome. I, I don't know, because I didn't actually look back and uh to refer to this case but uh yeah i'm anticipating that uh it was worse she got messed up and yeah, it's did. like never really addressed like the fucking 27 bullet holes that go through her. so are we supposed to think that like just when she reverted her body just all healed or something like they don't <laughs> like all the bullets were pushed out. Of yeah, the body. like they don't address it. No, because she's just like lying in the back of Agasa's car later. Like I don't. And she's talking just fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like maybe they'll address it next episode. I'm not uh, like super hopeful considering it. It's apparently a Detective Boys episode, so <laughs> it doesn't seem like we're gonna focus on the aftermath here. It seems like I don't know. Should have been She's fine. I mean, I guess like give her a bandage. Can they not go to a hospital or like like, I don't know? It just seemed seemed like we were missing some information here, like near the end of. It it would definitely raise eyebrows if they took whatever an eight year old, seven year old girl to the hospital with a bunch of bullet holes in her. Well, yeah, but it's more, the bigger eyebrows is being raised when she doesn't die from 17 bullet holes. Yeah. Um, so, not quite sure what's going on there. Hybera might be immortal. Oh, you're, like, so disappointed. You're like, damn it, she never <laughs> dies. It, it really hurt me to say those words. <laughs> she might be immortal. Savaka says she won't talk, and Jin says there's nothing they can do but send her to her sister. Jin laughs, and he's about to pull the trigger when he's hit with Conan's needle. He falls to one leg. He's like the first person that wasn't like put out immediately by this. I know. Like, are, am I to believe that this is the same needle that knocks Kogoro out every single episode, and Jin is just like, oh, like he, he hardly reacts to it. Yeah, and Conan says. The chimney, the chimney, get into the chimney. <laughs> he uses his bow tie to say that. He didn't like just do that voice. I love that it's just like a random deep voice too. Hi Bear listens, so she just falls down fifteen feet. Like like she should be all messed up in like so many different ways. She just tumbles down the damn chimney here. Like she got shot several times. Yeah, oh but isn't goodness. she in a state of mind where she's like, you know, I don't really care what happens to me anymore. You know, I'm going to welcome death type of mindset. So, like, Well, she if she doesn't... really was welcoming death, then she wouldn't have gone down the chimney. She would have just stayed there? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, too. So Vaka shoots his gun, but he misses because Vaka's useless. And <laughs> we then see... We then see Jen shoot himself in the arm with the gun to wake up, which I thought was super badass. Man, he's cool. He is so cool. He is cool when he's smoking the entire time. You're like, this guy's cool. (laughs) He so is. He's such a chain smoker. 
While High Bear is on the ground, she reverts to her childlike body. And Pisco then arrives. <laughs> like, he doesn't... <laughs> so she's in new clothes, bloody all over the place. And he doesn't, like, ask about it. He's just like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I legitimately think there's something wrong with Pisco. Because later on, I had the same reaction when Conan appears, and he's not even shocked that this little kid is talking to him. He says, you were still a baby, so you probably don't remember anymore. But I was very close with your parents, who were scientists. I was told much about the drug and development, but I had no clue that you managed to take it to this point. Your parents who died from that accident would be very happy. But this is an order. Don't blame me. She had a child. So he takes out his gun and he puts it to her head. And Colleen's like, finally, they're going to give me what I want. <laughs> they're putting an end to this. However, Conan blocks the moment. And we hear him. He says, hold it. And he says, I know who you are. Matsuyama, the car company owner. Or should I call you Pisco? So... You didn't Whoa. think this was who Pisco was at first, so were you were you still surprised in the third episode? Um, I a little bit. I was uh, pretty sure it was gonna be a man, and for whatever reason, I thought it was uh, the other one. <laughs> I mean, there were a few suspects that were men, but uh, the other one. What was he? The he, he owned like a yeah, yeah, that guy. For, I was just like, uh, I'm just gonna go with him because he seems like the sleaziest. <laughs> <laughs> so he mentions that the target was the luminescent substance that he painted on the chandelier if he fired directly at it there'd be a spark from his gun so he used the handkerchief to hide the spark by their positioning in the photograph that went on that news site conan was able to eliminate everybody else with the purple handkerchiefs pisco shoots several boxes believing conan is there which causes liquor to pour out onto the floor Conan reveals that Monaguchi went under the chandelier because there was a luminescent spot there, too. Pisco opens the box that he shot at, and that's when he finds the speaker there. So he he had shot specifically what Conan wanted him to shoot. So Conan's very tricky. Yeah. Uh, Conan, like, it's so, I guess, brilliant that he can think of this on the fly. Pisco asks who he is, and that's when Conan just walks out in front of him, and he's like, Conan Edagawa, detective. <laughs> Pisco's like, so you're the one giving orders to the police. And like, yeah, I'm not, not a rascal. Yeah, instead of saying, oh, you're a kid? Like, what are you... No, he, he just, like, takes Although I guess as legitimate. <laughs> well, you know, I think the thing is, like, he already knew Sherry shrunk, so and, like, this is her comrade so he's like oh of course he also got a hold of her drug or whatever okay i didn't give him enough credit to think that far ahead but yeah that's that might have been what it was it's just that that was my initial thought i was like why is he not surprised he then asked pisco where he got the second purple handkerchief from that allowed him to leave and he says there are things in this world that you don't have to know he then points his gun at conan and Conan says, hey, you see what's on the floor? Look at all that wine. It consists of 96% alcohol. It's highly flammable. And you've been smoking the entire time. And his cigarette bursts into flames and he drops it to the ground, making fire just completely erupt. The whole shelf of alcohol goes up in flames and the fire alarm goes off. And Megary's like, let's go to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of drama here colin yeah lots of explosions big hollywood action going on i don't actually think that i don't remember i don't think that happened pisco asks Conan to show himself and they just escape the room while he looks in the chimney it's, it's the, the way they set this fire off and then he's like the he reminds me of the policeman in the first episode where they're trying to follow this guy but immediately they lose sight of him like the fire starts and he's like oh where's conan at i don't know <laughs> 
so. How did Pisco get this job? Like, really, who interviewed this guy and thought, yes, you would make a great secret agent for our black organization? I don't know. I don't know. However, the person in the chimney is Jen, who puts his gun to Pisco's head. And he says, it looks like you messed up, Pisco. Why didn't you kill that cameraman immediately and got rid of the film? And he's like, what are you talking about? He says, tomorrow's paper has been replaced by your photo. It shows you holding your gun to the ceiling. So in that photo of uh, Chris Vineyard and that uh, music producer where they're about to kiss, you can also see... uh, you can also see him pointing in the air. Well, you can't see a gun because it's like, uh, you know, the handkerchiefs over it. It's clear what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they, the proof was there in the photo. He done messed up. Pisca begs for his life. He says, don't do it. If you kill me, you won't be able to find Sherry. I have a general idea of her whereabouts. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it seems like a great bargaining chip. You probably should have bluffed a bit of what you had to offer rather than I have a general idea of her whereabouts. I know she's in Japan. And then he says that if he dies and the person that he served all these years, it will impact Jen's standing. And Jen's like, no, no, no. The order to kill you was given by your boss. So, oh shit, he's fucked. Ooh. Yeah, Jin's not messing around. Like, he's not going to arbitrarily just off the guy. He needs orders. Jin says, you came this far thanks to the organization. You've seen this far long enough, right? You can do it on the other side. And the camera pans away. We hear a gunshot. And Agasa says that Jin then fled the scene afterwards. We're just in the car. Everybody's in the car now. Sure, you like... Despite getting shot 18 times, it's just fine. Like, they're just driving back no home. No big deal. Conan has many questions, such as how Jen was able to move after getting hit with his uh, needle. How they read High Bear's movements and knew she was going to be there. And if they really knew who she was just from one strand of hair. She then asks if Jen and Vodka found out about her body shrinking, but Agasa says they haven't since he was... Listening into their conversation as High Bear dropped her glasses. Right. Or because Agasa is actually big part bad. of the black organization and he yes. knows. Clearly. High Bear then says that she... I don't know if I buy into that theory, but there are some people out there who are It's a terrible theory. That, so just want so to put stupid. That <laughs> Makes no sense. High Bear then says that she can't stay in the city with them any longer and that the disc and the overalls are likely burnt by now, so she'll leave first thing tomorrow. Gasa objects to that and Conan says, everything is fine. <laughs> okay, Conan. You just got <laughs> shot like 20 times. But whatever. Everything's fine. What's the matter to Conan? Everything's fine from his perspective. We then see Jen and Vaka in the car. Vaka is surprised that Jen isn't going to keep looking for Sherry in the city. And he says, I'm a shogun that doesn't do useless things. I'm like, cool. I like to smoke. She probably has lo- She's probably long gone by now. With that man that came to see her, she's not as stupid of a woman in a stay in a city where her face was seen by us. That's when we hear a Japanese woman say, Wow, it looks like you're caught up with that young lady. And he says, oh, sorry, Vermouth. Uh, Vermouth. That's the first time I think we ever hear her name, right? Yeah, I think so. And he says, we called a woman like you to help that old geezer and made you get into such a mess. She then reveals that she's the one that gave him the handkerchief before he went into questioning and that it was all for nothing. But don't you wonder about the man with that young lady, she asks. And Jin says he'd love to see the face of the man that is embraced by that woman. And Colleen was probably getting all mad. And she, she doesn't embrace him. He doesn't like her. It has to be a two-way thing for them to be embracing. <laughs> Shouldn't run forever. And then uh, Vermouth says she would like to see his face. His dead face consumed by fear. <laughs> 
<laughs> What's wrong with these people? Vaka asks if she's going to return to America, and she says she's going to take a break from being an actress and relax in Japan for a while. We then, they kind of like shot around her face during this whole thing, but finally zooms in on her, and we can see that was Chris Vineyard, the actress. So she's actually part of the black organization. And uh, this actually surprised me from like, I guess we, yeah, (laughs) I didn't think, uh, I didn't think it was like such an immediate reveal that Chris Vineyard's the, also a black organization member, but I guess so. Um, Yeah, it it was a very atypical reveal. Yeah, so we have our new member, Vermouth, and she was the one that uh, gave the order to kill poor poor Pisco there, and she was the person that he was serving this whole time. So, uh, yeah, Chris Vineyard, Colleen, she's evil. The evil actress. (laughs) Yeah. She has, yeah, I mean, she's one of the most, at least at this point she's a pretty mysterious character um like uh her like the introduction itself it kind of just goes to show you'd never know who's gonna be important because she wasn't really even part of the case that much and then like oh all of a sudden she's a black organization member so well like, they don't even focus on her a secret makes a woman woman <laughs> you said that much better than the way it's pronounced in the show. A secret make a woman woman. <laughs> That's basically it. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, going to be an interesting ride from here on in with Vermouth. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens later that involving her that is just like, What? <laughs> And, like, her whole, like, spiel about being an actress still doesn't make sense to me. Like, why are you in the public eye as your cover-up? Like, I don't know. Oh, just wait. Just wait until we get to the whole Vermouth saga. Like, it's not just her. (laughs) She has a a famous actress that's a mother as well. So. That's right. And, like... There's a whole thing with Ron and being involved in that. and Oh, like, yes. What is going on? <laughs> just wait until we get how convoluted Detective Cannon gets. I'm excited. So I'm glad we got that introduced. It's nice to have Vermouth finally. 178 episodes in, we kind of have... She's my favorite villain. I feel like she is uh, the most interesting... Of like, uh, you know, because like, Jen's the most menacing for sure. But I feel like she has a lot more. You never really know what she's doing. Like, she's the most. She's complex. Just, yeah, she's mysterious. Women, you can't tell what they're thinking. <laughs> so, and then there's vodka. <laughs> yeah, fucking oh, vodka. So. Conan, the next day, where they skip to the next day, Sherry's just magically healed. And Conan calls Megary as Shinichi, and he says, Yeah, keep this a, keep this a secret that I was involved. <laughs> and then is like, Shinichi, I don't know what's going on. Mr. Mr. Namaguchi's family has disappeared. Masayama's house was burnt down. What the hell's going on? And Shinichi's like, can't tell you nothing. And then he hangs up. (laughs) He's either got a lot of confidence or... (laughs) I guess the other way to look at it is he's just too cocky. He's like, gotta go, bye. And Hybera says that all links are to be destroyed by the black organization. And she says, you understand now, right? That our identities cannot be found out by anybody. And Cannon says he understands that he has to crush them no matter what. So he's learned nothing from this whole thing. Like, <laughs> like think about what his interfering caused here. It caused Highbury to get shot like 15 times. They learned nothing about the Black Organization. 
One guy, one extra dude died because of it. They, they didn't prevent any murders. And Conan's like, we've got to crush him now. <laughs> but Conan found out what Jin's favorite car was. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Although, she, like, Hybear already knew it. So, she, like, if he, had meant, if he had asked her that, she could have just gave him that information. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hybera learned about the Paikaru trick. That's true. We, the viewer, learned a lot, though. So, very, very exciting episode. Uh, I thought it... I loved everything about this except for, like, this little ending bit. Like, just the part where, like, Hybera getting shot seven times wasn't, like, brought up. Like, I don't know. That's so <laughs> weird to me. Like, I don't know. But, um... I really like, like the free part as a the whole. rug type of story. Yeah, thing. like that that should yeah. be a major thing. And like that's a way that they could like write her off from like a couple of like episodes if they wanted to like oh she's recovering from her injuries or whatever. Um but yeah. So the three parter was exciting. I love you know seeing the black organization Vermouth appearing was really exciting. And I didn't think it she was revealed this early as a black organization member so that was exciting i thought maybe she just appeared and then she would appear later on and we're like oh i remember her and oh she's evil okay but uh we pulled that right here already so we've got another member of the black organization old pisco ate the dirt we saw how we got to see how brutal the black organization are and that even if you've served them for like 20 years they'll put you down if you if you mess up so like, that's good to know. I, th- I thought it was a good uh, three-parter. What do you think, Colleen? Uh, yeah, I agree. It was a solid three-parter. I love that in the midst of this black organization plot, there's still an actual murder case that Conan's trying to f- solve. So it gives us something new um, that we get, like, development in the overall series plot. But it injects uh, something we're familiar with as well. But, like, that whole... The beginning where Conan's like, oh, yeah, we find out a bunch of stuff, like... Okay, to your point, Tyler, like the viewer does, but I'm also left with a lot more questions and particularly around vermouth. Like I think that was uh, one of the bigger shockers um, of the episode, like for someone who was watching it for the first time. um, And I don't recall. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, like far into the future we have to wait for another black organization episode because i feel like it's gonna be like oh my god okay sorry to interrupt but i, I was Is it like, like another hundred episodes not even that i was just like you know how i was like oh maybe the next episode they'll address her getting shot and stuff i looked at our thing the next episode is a tv original and then after that oh we, lovely yeah <laughs> We have nine straight TV originals. <laughs> what were they doing? <laughs> so it's not like so yeah, we're not getting shit. But once we get back to um <laughs> like manga stuff, we're actually getting the Desperate Revival arc, which is probably my favorite oh, manga arc. So. That's a great arc. That's exciting. I didn't realize we were but... that close to it. Yeah, I just laughed so hard when I just saw TV original next to everything. I was like, I wonder how they're going to address this. And it's like, they're probably not. <laughs> okay, so we, we got a lot of time to kill. But once we get there, we have some exciting stuff. Alright, so let's just pause on this plot line and then we'll get back to it in like nine episodes. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Did you have any more thoughts on uh, this episode here? Just, yeah, I think it it was a great, um, a great another look at uh, the Black organization. Like these, uh, these arcs come don't come that often. So when they do, like I think they pack a punch. So yeah, it was a good watch. So the next Conan's hint is bus schedule, and Conan says next time will be the return of the t- detective boys. And Hybear says, well, it looks Yay. like I can take a break. <laughs> and Cannon says, come on, help us out. She just got shot, man. Let her rest. 
Not according to next episode. I don't even know. Maybe she doesn't appear. Like, she starts uh, joining them soon, I think. Like, I'd hope so. I remember so. her being in some cases. Like, well, she did go to that one, the castle one. But I think that's, like, the only thing that I remember her being involved yeah, in. Yeah, she does not appear in the next episode. I don't think she's even, a, like, shows up. Like, oh, man, what are they doing? She's not in the ones after that. Like, she might not appear until the <laughs> that next uh, oh Desperate Revival stuff. Yeah, let's just pretend that she's at in the hospital then. Alright, she she makes an appearance in episode 182, so we'll see her in a couple episodes, apparently. So there we go. Exciting times. Alright, so other yeah. than the, other than the uh, getting shot stuff not really getting paid off. I guess it's just like, oh, she gets Wolverine regeneration when she shrinks. I don't know. I guess that's whatever bullshit there I don't know why I'm so hung up on this with like I can buy a person shrinking and enlarging but where did the gunshots go <laughs> that might not be too far fetched like if her body um, sort of goes back to its original state when it shrinks sure whatever you say <laughs> anyhow We'll be back next time with, uh, uh, that, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what are, I didn't I, even, I don't even what, know if I caught the episode name. 179. We'll be back with, uh, the coffee shop trucks wild entrance case. And probably, I'm assuming, uh, one of those live action things, but I don't have my notes with me, so. Probably that. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. I'll let you It'll know. It'll be a surprise when I figure it out, Colin. But uh, yeah, we'll be back <laughs> some other time. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>